Hello and welcome to the Fencing Podcast. I'm Sean. And I'm Gav. And I'm Kate. And here we are again for episode 63 and it's all about the foil. Oh. Hurrah! Yay! <laughs> but before we get to uh, all that excitement, uh, Kate, please do uh, thank our lovely sponsors and Patreon supporters because they richly deserve it. Yep. So thank you to Leon Paul, our sponsors, for your sponsoring us, supporting us on the Fencing Podcast and the equally lovely Patreon supporters as well for all that you do. That is the official line. Yeah. Wonderful people, <laughs> one and all. I was going to paint the boat today, but it rained. And so I didn't. <laughs> I know. Tomorrow in your enormous amounts of leisure time that you have now that you're trying to use up all the holidays you've not been able to use uh, during during the pandemic. Yeah. I had a whole day. I my, take it that's how it works. That's, that's exactly how it works, just sitting around, especially when uh, I don't have my daughter around me to annoy me all day, which I had a quite a nice day today, just, just doing nothing. It's good. <laughs> it's like being single again. That's <laughs> <laughs> a bit. <laughs> She's been another half went out, so it was me and, me and I was like, oh, what can I do? I haven't, this hasn't happened in a while. I'm just going to sit here in my pants. <laughs> that's, a, that's a truly horrific image for uh, all our listeners to have to, to have to suffer. Try not let that uh, plague your plague your sleep. Might have to put a warning on the episode. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Features yeah, non-explicit language. Pants warning. Yeah. Non-explicit language uh, warning, but uh, Gavin his pants imagery deeply unpleasant. Anyway, um, so yeah, foil time. I've quite enjoyed the warm-up events in uh, Budapest and Kazan, but yeah, finally, finally got the real deal. Yep, your time has come, Sean. Your ship is in. It, it, it's been. The worth train the is in the station. <laughs> Huzzah! It's officially the Sean Very, Walton show now. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is. Although actually, to be fair, I've absolutely talked my head off the last three shows anyway. So um, I don't know anybody will notice the difference when I start talking about foil for the next goodness knows how long. But I'll, I'll try and keep it. Try and keep it reasonably short, because that's, uh, that's what we're going for these days. Action-packed episodes. So, enough waffle. Uh, Foil Grand Prix from Doha. And it was great. It absolutely was. Lots of people get knocked out. And we'll start with the women. Out in the last 64, Gion of Korea, Ebert of Germany, Ivanova of Russia, Ross of the USA, uh, Bettini of Italy, out in the 32... Uh, Rigo of Italy, Xi of China, uh, Go of Canada, Ronvier of France, and out in the 16, Kiefer of the USA, and Sarah Azuma uh, of Japan. So, carnage. Not quite as bad as the as the EPI the other week, but still pretty heavy casualties early in the day uh, for for a foil event. Um, even worse in the men's later on, but we'll, we'll get to that in a wee bit. So, a quarterfinals. The one thing you can rely on in life, you know, Derek Lasova's still there. <laughs> and she beat her teammate, Adelina Zagadolina, uh, 15-12. Uh, quite an exciting match, fairly close, actually. Lots of shouting uh, towards the end of it, which, of course, you're not really supposed to do under current protocols. Um, and a distinct frostiness at, at the end of the match. So, um, That'd be good for the teams. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. It, it's all, you know, teammates together just having a good time. No, absolutely none of that. Is Zagadolina not the number two? Is she not Russian number two right now? Uh, no, she's number three actually, oh. or at least she was going into this. Uh, Ivanova was. Uh, it's number two. Okay. Was the second was the second highest ranked uh, Russian coming into this. So that may have changed actually after the uh, after the rankings would have been updated. Mm. But yeah, um, teammates definitely. I, I was just wondering because it would explain the it, it would explain the the, the the frostiness if you know what I mean. 
Although Derek Lazar's got so many points, what would she care? She'd be like, Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, here, no, here nobody's, have one of my bronze medals. It's fine. I, I just, I've got <laughs> yeah. too many of those. Yeah. Yeah, so that, that was exciting. Uh, Zora Tibis of France beat uh, another Russian, uh, Larissa Korobanikova, uh, 15 8 in the second quarter final. Chen Huyan of, uh, of China, uh, Irin Karametti uh, of Turkey, 15 7. The third quarter final. Uh, Chen was a name that wasn't that familiar to me. I think she's won. I think she won a bronze at the Asian Championships. Well, last time we had an Asian, an Asian Championships. Right. But, yeah, but other than that, hasn't you know hasn't had a particularly stellar uh, career up to this point. So good one for her. Karametti had had a good day. She put out Rigo in the last thirty-two and had another good win in the last sixteen. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about her again just a little bit later on. But that was hardly done in the quarterfinals with uh, with Chen advancing, and the last of the quarterfinals was uh, Marta Martinova of Russia beating Alicia Volpe of Italy fifteen fourteen in a in a nail biter mm-hmm. to to make up the the last of the semi finalists. So on to describing a bit of the action uh, with Derek Lozova up against uh, Tibus in the in the first quarterfinal, and to be honest, it was a pretty comfortable win for Derek Lozova. Um, and then got bigly. Yeah. yeah, a big lead earlier on and maybe took her foot off the gas a little bit in the middle of the fight and uh, Tibo managed to get the, the score a little bit closer but it never never really looked in any doubt at all and there uh, was a, a comfortable winner with a, a, a 15-10 mm-hmm. uh, and her defence looked absolutely rock solid mixed in with uh, some nice attacks as well. It's, uh, you know, for anyone hoping that uh, a bit of time off would have would have hurt her Totally dominant form would have been disappointed with how how complete it was. Uh, it was looking at this stage. Well, it, uh, second, I was just going to say, Tibo looked kind of the word's not tired, but it just wasn't on. Do you know what I mean? It just she just couldn't seem to get get the point in. I I thought very very easily. She did get some really great hits, but uh, when, you know, Derigal's over. Obviously, it's like a steamroller. She's just going to roll right over the top of you and win. Uh, but I would have thought. I thought going into that it was going to be much more of a ding dong kind of to the last moment than it actually turned out to be. Yeah, because Tibas has had some success against Derek Zova in the yeah. past, given a hard time and beaten her a few times as well, which uh, hasn't really happened very much with with anybody really in the last well during the course of this Olympiad yeah. really. Uh, but yeah, it was it wasn't on this particular day, and Derek Zova running at a pretty pretty comfortable winner really. So on to the second semi final uh, with. Chen up against uh, Martinova. Yeah, so this this one was much, much more of a battle. Martinova kind of forcing the pace and yeah. trying to make things happen, but uh, re- really Chen looked in control. She was the one that was sort of maintaining the distance better, drawing out the attacks more or less when she wanted them mm-hmm. and, and having good good variety in defence, combined with the occasional massive, massive lunge. She's very tall and got a big, long lunge, lunge Chen, which... Uh, a bit explosive. Say, yeah, it was. It was a, it was a real... It was a real X factor. It provided a sort of certain extra offence, even when she didn't use it a great deal. Yep. There was always that threat of it happening. Yep. So that was, uh, yeah, that was the kind of uh, perhaps what made the made the difference uh, mm. between the two of them in the early part of the fight. And she built up a, a kind of decent decent lead at a, a fairly steady rate to go. Well, she was fifteen eleven. Uh, sorry, eleven five up just at the start of the the third period. She scored a scored eleventh hit. You know, a couple of seconds in. Mm-hmm. And then you got a bit of a change from Martinova, became much more committed in the attack, uh, much more willing to harass and harry Chen to to set up her attacks and, and had a bit of success with that uh, and managed to get back to, to 13-14 down. 
and there was a, a short medical break break for for Chen, who like she she cut her thumb or something. It was hard to actually see how well, she, she how walked, it happened. But she, she walked on the piece and then turned to the ref and, and held her hand out as if to say, "Look at this." Yeah, and then and then, <laughs> and then the doctor but, appeared. Well, look and at what? Looked at went, oh, like that, and, and started. Oh, it's okay. So I don't know. Yeah. So I mean, you couldn't really see what it was. It was nothing obvious. My first thought actually was that it was like cramping her thumb or mm-hmm. something. But uh, it just didn't look quite right. But anyway, it resulted in a really a sort of short medical break, maybe maybe a minute or something, yeah. but just enough to break that momentum that Martinova had managed to build up mm-hmm. to get it back to thirteen fourteen, having been quite a long way down. And in the end, Chen Chen took the win uh, on a, a more or less simultaneous action in the in the middle. Yeah, she started a, a touch, a touch, teeny Fra- bit. Fractionally earlier, yeah. and the hand hand getting out just a, a little sooner. As a Sabra, you would have enjoyed it, uh, Kate. So, <laughs> so, so I think that you would have picked really easily while, while us four of us went, really, let's have another look. I didn't, I didn't quite. I, uh, I think the fast forward button was my friend in some of the foil matches. <laughs> um, but <laughs> no, I did watch and I did. I think, uh, I think you're right that um, Chen needed that break to almost break that I don't know momentum that um, Martinova had because I was watching it and click 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 I was like okay maybe she's got it and then it sort of yeah I think that it ruined her um, I don't know I can't think of the right word but you know what I mean when it's yeah momentum or it's that yeah, momentum, the, the momentum seems, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, I think it's yeah. one of momentum those. Momentum seems to be the, the sort of fashionable word to use, but mm-hmm. it's not always really quite right. It's just that sort of confidence in that mm-hmm. you found a tactic and it's working, and you can persevere with you score a hit, with you score another with it. Yeah. Your your opponent starts to panic, so you get kind of dip yeah. a rise in your own confidence for a few hits. You get into uh, a rhythm. I always find it interesting though when you're watching it and you see there's a like a medical break or there's a technical break and you think something's going to change now in this fight and who is it going to change for like we've I think yeah. what was the one I, I remember watching ages ago I think it was James Davis actually and his jacket wasn't working and he changed his oh no his jacket was coming up because he was so sweaty so he had to change his yeah, jacket that's right. yeah. and then actually he his game completely changed and he won the I think it was the European Championships, actually, or World Championships. That's right, yeah, yeah. I mean, that is a while yeah. ago. That's 2014, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, requiring then, a jacket too. change. I don't think they have it. I don't think that happens as much in Sabre. That's maybe why I find it quite interesting. To yeah, watch. surprising surprising and memorable. Yeah. yeah. Um, happened a bit here, actually. Happened to Marcus in, uh, uh, in his last 64 fight, which I'll probably get a mention later on here. He had to change his jacket kind of two-thirds of the way through the fight because it was registering valid hits. <laughs> Boys um, are sweaty. Yeah. Grim. Sweaty, no, I mean, sweaty like, I mean, I'd, I'd, even in like the the breaking up someone's momentum. I don't know whether it's foilers to just got faulty kit or something. I don't know, but I've never, <laughs> I don't think I can ever be. I think because there's such a quick tone turnover in saber. I don't know. I find it. I think I notice it more in other weapons than mm. uh, in practice kit. Next time you feel like you're in a hole, fall over, clutch your <laughs> knee, get the doctor out, get a bit of magic spray. Actually, see if, see if it changes things up. You know what? I have actually done that. I have actually, and Tunis, and Tunis, I twisted my ankle. I twist my ankle and I was losing to the Korean. I can't remember the, who it was. And then I went on. I had like my minute, I had my injury break. My ankle was throbbing. I was like, right, I'm not losing this fight. And I won it. And Phil went, what did you do? I went, I have no idea. I just decided I wasn't going to lose. <laughs> so there you go. But that was, that's an actual proper injury rather than one yeah. that, oh, oh, my knee hurts. Well, there's I, a bone in my look. leg. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, come and have a look at this doctor. Oh, you think it's okay, really? I'll be okay. So you you bought yourself a minute to clear your head. And... Yeah. I, 
I tell you about my experience, I, I, but it probably have everybody vomiting in the back, but it happened when I was in Copenhagen and I was in a, I, I was actually winning. I was quite far ahead and uh, I can't remember what his name was. Now one of the, what was like the Danish number one at the time, he hit me on the, on the toe so hard that my nail exploded. Mm. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, the doctor, I had, there was a doctor on site and he came, he trundled over, he opened up he, and I knew it was bad because he went... <sighs> Like that, <laughs> and they, they, they had to cut the laces off my shoe, and they took my they took my shoe off, and it had filmed with blood. So there you go. Lovely. Lovely. Another, so another, not faking it then. Another warning needed for this episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's, a, there's actually much more to that story, but it's so revolting. I'll tell you later. Yeah, this is the one where we have to put an explicit content warning on. So please, please don't. It's been bad enough already. Gavin. So we've had feeling... we've had sweaty jackets, we've had blood. Now we just need some tears, and we've got. And Gav- Gavin is Gavin is pants. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, <laughs> my pants, yeah, causing all... me into tears. Yeah. <clears throat> right. <laughs> worry, right. Sorry. Of, yeah, <laughs> enough of that unpleasantness. So um, on to on to our final uh, Derek Zuva Chen final, and and this really was. Very straightforward indeed. Um, all the stuff that Chen had had working in the semi-final, controlling the distance and the timing and when things happened, totally reversed in the final against Derek Lozova. She was uh, absolutely control- in control of this and, and ran out really very comfortably um, with all the hits. Are we going to mention the injury, Sean? Well, uh, I don't think the injury was that serious. You seem to think that it was a bit more. Uh, Chen stopped for an injury break how long in it was relatively Four early hours, I think what? yeah I mean she was already quite a long way down uh, went down initially I thought it was cramp but then she got heavily sprayed with, with cold spray as well which maybe suggested more likely a muscular injury I didn't think her, the quality of her movement was affected at all after that you seem to think it was well, said she, she, was, she wasn't you she thought wasn't, she was limping she wasn't as explosive she didn't go for as many attacks uh, she was definitely having more weight, uh, taking her weight off it and sitting back a little bit. It was definitely a bit of that. Maybe her movement, her movement wasn't obviously bad, but I mean, she was clearly struggling. I think. Yeah, but part, partly because the attack she'd made had been thoroughly, sorely repaired and she'd been hit with a riposte every time by Derek So that's going to put even the even the most committed attacking fencer off a little uh, bit. You, you know, think? Go, just, we've all been there. You just go a bit harder, a bit faster, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, always, always the way to go. Yeah. But anyway, it was a... Yeah, a fifteen-five win, but grand day out for Chen. Her best, her best ever result at a, a World Cup or a Grand Prix, and uh, a whole stack of Olympic qualifying points. So we'll get to that once we've had a look at the mains. More high seed carnage. Last sixty-four in the mains. Fukuni, Lefour, Sara, Cherimisinov, Peshu, and Bepstead all out in the sixty-four. Now, this was a, a disappointing start to the day. I'd got a bright and early hoping to see Marcus secure Olympic qualification. Uh, easiest way to do that would be for either Alex Shupanich of the Czech Republic or uh, Michael Seiss of uh, Poland get knocked out. Uh, the nightmare scenario would have been a, a Zeiss-Shupanich final, which would have meant that Marcus didn't qualify unless he made at least the last 16. So when Marcus gets knocked out and Shupanich and Zeiss both advance, that's my that's my early start ruined. I was hoping for one of these guys uh, to get knocked out early, and I could go back to my bed for a couple of hours and enjoy <laughs> things again later. But that was me, that was me committed for the rest of the day. It's good for the heart. Yeah, it keeps apparently the blood so. Flowing. 
apparently so. <laughs> um, so out the last 32, Garozzo, Itkin, Mertin, Lee and Poti all going out in the 32. Again, Shupanich and Sice both advance. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's my mid-morning by this time, uh, a bit further ruined. You haven't got much hair uh, to lose, Sean. <laughs> no, exactly, exactly. I, I, I like... I wanted this to be really straightforward. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a bit harsh on Shupanich and Sice, but uh, you know, these are these are selfish times. Anyway, <laughs> out in the sixteen, uh, Massey Alice and uh, Chung Ka Long of Hong Kong, along with Shupanich, so I could finally finally relax. Harsh on Alice, he he fenced well. He'd uh, beaten Garozzo in the thirty-two, which is is no mean feat, having been comfortably down at one point. Uh, but that was that was his race run, so he'll be off to the uh, zonal qualifiers. Uh, so let's get to our quarterfinals. Uh, first up, we had uh, Race Imboden of the USA up against Graham Toldo of Brazil and coffee win for Imboden, uh, 15-6. Second semi-final, uh, Garrett Meinhardt, also of the USA, up against Ryan Choi of Hong Kong, which uh, Meinhardt won 15-11. Mm-hmm. Third up, uh, Shikini Takahiro of Japan, uh, against the aforementioned Mr. Sice of Poland, uh, with Shikini coming through 15-11. So again, that means Sice will have to go off to Madrid to uh, battle with Shupanich and a ton of others to try and claim that uh, European qualifying spot. And uh, the last of the quarterfinals was the old French affair between Alexandra Idiri and uh, Alexandra Sido, which Idiri won 15-6. So uh, no huge excitement in the quarterfinals, but it set up a very exciting match in the semifinals, potentially between Meinhardt and Imboden. Now, the, the sort of setup for this was that, forget what you, you think about how Americans are ranked in the world rankings, that doesn't matter, that has almost no bearing at all yep. on how the American rankings work. So... Uh, the USA men's foil team have have qualified for for the Olympics, and now it comes down to who takes the individual spots and who is reserve. And coming into this, basically, it boiled down to the fact that Imboden needed to beat Meinhardt and get into the final oh, no. to, over, to overtake mm. Nick Itkin uh, to claim that third spot. Something similar happened to Imboden last time round. Got right. to last. Last Grand Prix of the qualifying in Havana, in Cuba. Got to the semi-finals, needed to beat, I think it was uh, Abuel Kasim of Egypt. Oh, it was. You're right. Uh, I, think, I, think I, think to, I think you're right. Yeah, I think he had to win the competition, actually, to, to overtake Miles Chamley Watson and get, and get the third spot. And he lost to Abuel Kasim there. So he was needing a, needing a win against a teammate. And uh, any hopes that his, t- his old teammate for the last what dozen years or so mm-hmm. would do him any favours were uh, quickly quickly dispelled. <laughs> My heart setting the pace, and uh, uh, to be honest, a totally manic pace right from the word go. And Imboden was was kind of slow to react. He looked a little flat footed, yep, which I thought so. You know, at the at the pace that uh, Meinhardt was going, that was hardly surprising. But uh, it meant that Garrick was six two up after uh, well, I think it was about thirty five seconds. As much, I don't even, was it as much as that? Cause I didn't feel, just, <laughs> yeah, I thought there was a couple of off targets or something in there yeah. just to, to slow things up. And um, it, it booted up the pace himself to to get it back, you know, to you know, to have both of them just going as mad as each other, basically. It was just a, done at a kind of ridiculous pace, but it did mean that uh, race got back to sort of five, six down. Better movement and more variety, really, from 
from mine heart. Yeah. And he and he and he pulls away again to in the end run out a, a comfortable fifteen eight win, and all done in a minute and thirty six seconds. So that's right. For successive Olympics, no racing board in the in the individual, which. Uh, I don't know, I can't say, I'm kind of sad about it because uh, I really like watching him fence. But on the other hand, uh, Nick Itkin at times has been absolutely brilliant. Uh, when he when he won at the Challenge International to Paris when we were doing the commentary, mm-hmm. absolutely hammering Garozzo in the final, he just looked immense. So yeah. that's that's your American team for, for Tokyo. So, so, so does that mean races on the team, but he's the water carrier? He will be carrying towels and water for the for the rest of the boys oh. during the individual. Yeah. Right. It's strange because I mean you know, you know in Boden's a he's he's a proper fencing superstar. Yeah, I mean he's mm-hmm. been world number one <laughs> for a star. He's won, yep. he had that spell where he won everything. Uh, like he's a, he's great. He's a great fencer. I thought, like you say, he was a bit flat footed. I thought he was just too passive. You're right. He didn't wake up to Garrick at all, and he looked kind of. I mean, it's not a surprise. There was something very Italian about him, obviously. Uh, but hmm. it just. He just didn't seem to be able to take it to Garrick at all, and Garrick was fair play to Garrick. He's been when did he when did he return? Was this just was it just this season or was it last season? I can't remember now. Anyway, after he's after becoming a doctor, he took a break. Remember? Oh, I, um, well, no, no, he can still continues to compete. Well, he dropped he dropped away down well, the rankings. Is, season, he wasn't really competing as heavily. Ah, uh, no, 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 not that far. No, no, he was he was he's always okay. there or thereabouts. That's not how yeah, I remember. Um, okay, fine. But uh, but it was good to see him up at the top because I've not seen him up the top very often recently. So there you go. I was quite happy. Oh well, I've got to. I think your memory's starting to uh, well, play tricks on you. The Avila I mean, thing, yeah. But... I, I know it's an. I know it's an age <laughs> thing. I know it's an age thing. But I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna come up with some amazing stats for you. Just. Uh... Once we've covered right. a bit more of the actual the actual competition, I mean, to be fair, we've not really had any fencing for a year as well, so there is like a void. There is a void there, so so maybe things yeah. would have been different if there'd been more fencing. So that's right. Yeah, it's been ages since he's won anything. You're absolutely right. Yeah, more than a year. <laughs> well, we were there. We were there in Paris that time where uh, yeah, where I cried. I was weeping tears of fencing joy at the beauty unfolding in front yeah, yeah, of me. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, for a, a Meinhardt Avila semi final, I yeah, think it was. That's right. It was the the most beautiful, awe-inspiring, tear-inducing fencing you can imagine, Kate. Yeah, it's a say, religious moment for, for me. Foil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. So anyway, enough of this nonsense. Uh, on, to the, on to the second semi-final, uh, Shikini against Idiri. And um, Shikini looked like he was uh, asleep for the start of the fight. Idiri stormed off uh, a 5 nothing lead in, in no time at all, uh, which meant Shikini having to sort of claw it back for most of the rest of the fight, really, which, um, but this, I mean, this was a really good battle, yeah, good, actually. This is a good semi-final. Uh, Sh- Shikini mainly looking to the attack. He was the more, the more aggressive of the two fencers, but uh, you got enough from the attacking side as well from Adiri to uh, to keep Shikini on his toes. Really good variety in defence from Adiri, and uh, eventually we get to the first break with Adiri only 8-7 up and uh, hanging on to his lead. After the break, Shikini continuing to depress and uh, really gets the hang of it, finds his range on the attack a bit better. Uh, Adiri, I thought, maybe got a, a little bit too stuck in a kind of defensive mood. A little bit of that, yeah. yeah and, and Shikini managed to get uh, 12-10 up and Adiri decides to, you know, to, to go on the offensive a bit more and uh, levels up at 12 apiece and then we're level at 13-0, level at 14 all. And then finally we get a, a really ugly long attack from Adiri and an equally ugly 
blocking counter attack. Yeah. Uh, from Shikini to take the win, it was a, it was a, a kind of poor way to finish a, what had been a really exciting well, it was, battle of a fight. When was the last time Adira was in this situation? Oh, uh, exactly. never ever. Whereas Shikini, <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> he's been here before. But I mean, it was a case of there was a there was something desperate about that that fourteen all hit. Do you know? It's like oh, I tried to get it over and done with. I'm going to jump in and I'm going to finish Shikini right now. Uh, so that's complete, uh, and then Shikini's just like, oh, what? <laughs> Have some of that instead, you know? Yeah, I mean, it was an attack from Adiri that really didn't look like any attack that he tried in the rest no, of the fight. He didn't build it. Uh, whether he was, yeah, whether he was looking to do something surprising with it or, uh, well, who knows what? But anyway, it was it was ugly, ugly stuff, and Shikini clearly just thought, "Great, I've got a, an equally ugly response, which will get me the hit and take me through to the final." <laughs> and, uh, and that's what he that's exactly what he did. So. Uh, yeah, a battle, a scrap, and uh, again, good entertaining stuff. So, on to the final. Uh, Meinhardt against Shikini. Uh, and Meinhardt in the charge again, goes 5 nothing up. Shikini looking half asleep. Don't know what he's, he needs to... <laughs> he needs someone to, to slap him out of the chops before he goes with the piece before these, these big fights. <laughs> it, was more like, it was more like, hang on a minute, I'm being hit. I'm being hit again. Oh, what? Yeah. Stop hitting me yes. a minute. Yeah. Get off. <laughs> Give me a second. Give me a second. Yeah. Get yeah. away. Yeah, yeah. Hang on. It's just, we're all made to cruise up and down a little bit, exactly. having a little look at each other yeah. and you know, seeing seeing how the, how things look. Nah, none of that. Just uh, My heart's all over him uh, right from the word go. Um, so, yeah, 5 nothing up after 18 seconds this time. <laughs> it's like even quicker than his uh, early charge. He had a taxi waiting somewhere. Must must yeah. have done. Got to yeah. go to the loo, must maybe. have done. But, Even I was watching it going. It's like, quite fast, actually. I mean, any any fight involving my heart that gets gets to the minute gets to the first minute break is considered a marathon. <laughs> That's it. Just, it just doesn't happen. And he's not the only one as well. There's a few others Putin, about maybe. the place uh, these days. Uh, Putin's another one. Uh, Mertin as well. Yeah, he didn't true. used to be like that. Uh, has has kind of transformed himself into this all action attacking. Force and and it's worked really well for him. He's you know he's won a couple of couple of gold prizes. There's something to be said for all or nothing. I mean, yeah, <laughs> win or lose, I'm just going to throw everything at this particular moment. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so things things look pretty grim for Shikini. You know, five nothing down against a against a really experienced opponent like uh, like Meinhardt. That's that's hard that's hard to come back. But he actually does a pretty good job uh, and managed to level it up at, at eight apiece. I mean, this is still only about forty seconds into the fight or something. Yeah. I think I've taken a gulp of coffee. Oh, it's it all. That's right. Quick, quick glance out the window and you missed four yeah. hits. It's uh, yeah, it was it was ridiculously fast. Um, but from that point, Meinhardt kind of takes charge again, and again, it's a sort of varied, high speed, brilliant attacking, making things happen, all action style. It's, it's just brilliant to watch. Just as much brilliant fencing as you would get in a fight stretched over nine minutes, but it's like super condensed. It's like uh, you know some Chiquita. some quality fencing um, concentrate. We have to ask the uh, we have to ask the you know the slightly hyperactive child in the corner here, Kate. Right. So, <laughs> so uh, uh, as, sorry, as a saber what? watcher, <laughs> yeah, exactly. As 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 our as our as our saber person, was it fast enough and entertaining enough for you? Well, to put it this way, the score finished fifteen eleven to mine heart and it took a grand total of one minute and nine seconds at the end of it i watched the end of it and it did seem very savory <laughs> like the end of it was just it was all in the middle it was like yeah. it's like ta- yeah i was watching it going 
got the wrong, I've got the wrong swords. What's going on here? She, so Shikiri can't move. If he gets any right. any space at all, he's going to get hit. So just middle, middle, middle. It's all you can do. Close your yeah. eyes. Oh, geez, stop hitting me, please. It just sort of was. It was just <laughs> rushing in, and the mine heart was just picking him off. Well, I don't know if you'd call it counter attack or attack and prep. Yeah, yeah, there was a few, so a bit of everything. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the thing about uh, by my heart's game. It's it's incredibly fast, but it's got all the bits in it. You know, it's not just one thing. You know, if the opponent backs off, you fall him down the piece. If it goes in the middle, he'll he has the super acceleration on his step lunge in the middle of the piece. You know, proper saber like hmm. timing and rhythm on it. Yeah, yeah, no, honestly, it is. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, if he sees a loss of control on the on the other guy, trying to try to match his pace, he, he can jump in in the counter attack. And equally, if there's that hesitation as the person's pressing and trying to force him back stuff, uh, to yes. the end of the piece. You can pick him off with a stop hit and open. So the what you're it's saying, so what bits. you're saying is, to be a good full fencer, you've got defence <laughs> like saber. You've got to be uh, like a saber, but even better. You've got to be able to hit with a point as well. You just can't have a whack at them. No comment. <laughs> you like that? Yeah. You like that? Yeah. Happy with that description? Why don't you two separate it out? Come on. Separate like it. Separate you, Gav, it. Uh, what you on about Gav? No, no, no. We're just getting about them. Yeah. That's what you do. But like I said to you, Gav, with, the, with all the early departures, it was like an epic competition, yeah. but much more exciting. Oh. <laughs> I'll agree with that one. <laughs> which, which I know delighted you no end. <laughs> so that was that. That was, uh, that was the Doha Grand Prix. Do you know, I've got a question. I've got a question for the two of you since you're watching it. Did you not think... Now, this is, this is an obvious answer to this, right? Did you not think that the atmosphere was quite flat? I thought it, it lacked uh, something. Yeah. Because right? obviously there's nobody well, yeah, all, I suppose like, nobody, spe- not many people yeah. yeah. But the thing is, it was so well lit. As well. So the thing, the thing about fencing, when you, when, you, when you screen it, I think, is you get, that, you get that darkness with the floodlights and it gives it an intimacy, so it pulls you in. But this is so well lit. It was, mm-hmm. It's like, you know, the whole thing, you can see everything in the background. And uh, I felt it kind, of, it kind of amplified the whole emptiness of the whole thing. I just thought it was a. a I think Doha are always, is always like this anyway, but I just noticed it really a lot more this time around. It's not. It's just an observation. It's. I, I think that was particularly true for the the fights before the semi-finals when they do it in an absolutely massive, massive hall, yep. and of course you got the eight piece going because you're running a men's and women's last sixty four down to a final on a single day, um, so that did feel particularly soulless. It just like felt like any big sports hall yep. with any fencing competition in the world ever regardless of the standard, except, of course, the standard was incredibly high. Um, I thought the final looked, uh, you know, sort of decently presented, because, you know, nice backdrop yeah, that, and everything, yeah. and all, all the rich Qataris sitting in the front, their big comfy chairs. That's always good. Uh, but, That's always uh, good. Yeah, I mean, the fact that there are, you know, no, no crowds. Um, I think if the protocols were the same as they were for Zandi, Baker was saying was that uh, if you didn't make it through to the last 64... Uh, you weren't allowed to come back to the hall. That was you, you know. If you're knocked out, if you're knocked out before the sixty-four, uh, don't come back <laughs> because you know you're just a potential plaguer at that point. So stay away. So yeah, you're only going to have a maximum of a hundred and well, hundred twenty-eight fencers minus the semi-finalists there watching, and uh, I suspect that quite a lot of them wouldn't have either. So yeah, it, it did feel a little bit soulless in terms of its atmosphere, yeah. but. Uh, yeah, I think until until we get some sort of crowds back, then then they're pretty much all going to feel like that. If it's a home Tokyo crowd with Japanese fencers, it will be immense. I guarantee yeah. it that mm-hmm. the atmosphere will be 
un- unbelievable. I, I've I, yeah, I've said it before. I've sat with the Koreans and the Japanese when their fences are on, and it's just bedlam. It's amazing. We could learn a thing or two by being yeah. fans from them. To be fat, to be absolutely well, honest. And remember, remember the the Japanese supporters uh, delegation at uh, Paris at the CIP. Yeah, yeah with with they're, a call response. They're all court. <laughs> Yeah, co- coordinated cheering. They got their chants and their songs already yeah, well rehearsed and, and ready to ready to break out at any time. Yeah, yeah the, can you imagine a whole full of that. That's going to be it. amazing. <laughs> it is. So yeah, so that was that was Doha. Um, shall we talk Olympic qualifiers then for foil? Go on then. Yeah, go we? on, Sean. Should I can tell you what again. you're going to do anyway. So. I've, I, you're right, you're not going to stop me. So, uh, you know, it was an entirely rhetorical question about whether we should or not. Uh, so teams obviously were already sorted out long before this, you know, more than a year ago. So the teams that have already qualified in men's foil were USA, France, Italy and Russia. Germany taking the European spot, uh, Hong Kong taking the Asian spot, Egypt for Africa and Canada Canada taking the Pan Am place, which means uh, no Korea, Japan, or China. Japan will so be there anyway. Teams. Yeah. Uh, Japan, we're almost certain, will uh, will complete a team. Um, I'll, I'll go through the individuals uh, and come yeah. back to that, the option in that. So, obviously, our main, well, my main interest for getting up ridiculously early on a on a Sunday when when the clocks had actually gone forward as well. Yeah. So when I was getting up at quarter to seven. To watch the the first matches of the day, twenty four hours earlier had been quarter to six. It was just, just ridiculous. But anyway, European qualifiers: uh, Marcus Mepstead of Great Britain mm. and uh, Carlos Salvador of Spain. So, Gav, I know you hate this, but uh, since I'm I'm still doing the the bulk of the editing, I will be playing the uh, God Save the Queen underneath this. <laughs> Some of you look, yeah. Yeah, this doesn't come over well on on audio, but uh, <laughs> if you can see, see Gav's face on the on the, on the Zoom call, on the teams teams call, um, yeah, you would understand here how he feels about that. But yeah, I don't care. I'm going to play it anyway. Uh, so yeah, we've got our first first British qualifier for for the Tokyo Olympics. So I'm I'm thoroughly pleased about that. Uh, so well done, Marcus. Well done to Dan Cameron as coach and uh, Johnny Davis, the, the British team manager, to to get our guy to uh, to Tokyo. Very pleased. Um, so, Asian qualifiers, Lee Kwang Kwan of uh, Korea and Shikin Takahiro of Japan, as we just mentioned, uh, sort of confirming his his spot. Uh, Mohamed Samandi of Tunisia uh, going for Africa and uh, the aforementioned Rian Toldo of Brazil uh, going for the Pan Am place. So, uh, yeah, as I said, no Korea, Japan or China. We're pretty sure that Japan will add two of their host, uh, their home country places to join uh, Shikini to make up a men's foil team. Um, in fact, Japan have got individual qualifiers in five out of the six weapons and they've got a team qualified in, in women's foil. Yep. So they've got eight home nation places, so they will probably add... Um, Four teams basically, and one one of their teams will only have yep. an individual. So it's it's very close to having a full Japanese uh, representation in in all teams and individuals at their home Olympics. So that's that's a good thing. Yep, very yeah, good. More 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 well cheering in the venue for you, yeah. Gav. Hey. <laughs> so um, women's foil. The teams that qualified were Russia, Italy, France, and the USA. So 
uh, familiar countries uh, dominating the top end of the world rankings in both men's and women's foil. Uh, Japan, as I mentioned, qualify for the Asian spot. Uh, Canada for the Pan Ams. Uh, Hungary for Europe, so that's with the with the top four, uh, Japan in five, Canada in six, and Hungary in seven. That is actually, you know, the top end of the of the rankings, uh, even with the sort of zonal qualification system and uh, Egypt qualifying as well from the African spot down in fifteenth uh, position in the world rankings, but still uh, comfortably fitting the bill for for qualifying. Uh, so again, a few a few countries missing, uh, no Korea. Uh, no Poland, no Germany, no China. So individual spots. Uh, Asia. Uh, Miss Chen, who finished second at the weekend, overtook her teammate uh, Shi Yu to uh, claim one of the. That must have been very close. Uh, one, of, right. one of the Asian spots. Hang on, this must have been really close. Yeah, yeah, it was because she she was quite a long way away uh, in front, but went out. I think it was in the sixteen or thirty-two, um, and in the end, I I think. Uh, I think actually making the the semi final would have been uh, enough for Chen to to overtake right. her, but it, in the end it was you know a handf- handful of points. So yeah, reasonably comfortable in the mm-hmm. end, but took a, a, her biggest ever result basically to to jump ahead of her teammate. So that must have made for a slightly awkward team meal on the on yeah. the Sunday night and flight home. Frost um, frosty pizza. Uh, yeah, very much so. Yeah, and yeah, where was I? The other. Uh, the other Asian spot uh, claimed by Jeon Hee Suk of uh, of Korea um, at I think sixth or seventh in the world ranking. So uh, glad she's qualified. Uh, from Europe, we've got Leone Ebert of Germany and uh, Aaron Karametti, who I mentioned earlier on, made the made the quarterfinals here. Beat Erigo in the thirty two um, jumps ahead of and uh, I can't remember her name actually. Spanish fencer who'd who'd been in the. Uh, Sort of second European qualifying spot for quite a long time after a big result at the the World Championships in uh, in twenty nineteen, uh, but overtaken at the last minute by uh, uh, Karametti of of Turkey, who who takes the second European spot. Uh, Panam's taken by uh, Saskia van Erwin Garcia of Colombia, and for Africa we've got uh, Inesbu Bakri of Tunisia, the bronze medalist uh, from from the last Olympics. So that's. All your Olympic qualifiers, and um, well, I've just got the got the various sort of qualifiers to look forward to mm. now. They should be absolute mayhem. Only one one person emerging from from those in each weapon to uh, to advance from from each zone into the Olympics. So it's uh, just like I mean, we did talk. Have about. you ever seen? Have you ever seen that uh, martial arts film, The One? You ever seen it? It's really uh, terrible. No, no, no I haven't. <laughs> right, at, the, okay. at the end, I think it's uh, Jet Li. I think it's a Jet Li film. Uh, and at the end, Jet Li's, right. it's a supernatural thing. Jet Li's uh, fighting them all off on top of a big pile of all his defeated enemies. That's what the yeah. zones are. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. I, I think right, a bit yeah. more about Hunger Games, actually. Yeah, you could be right. Ah, see, that's uh, just an age thing. Well. Yeah. Either way, you you emerge through a a pile of the, the broken and defeated bodies of yes. your of your opponents to uh, to emerge as the the representative for your uh, for your continent. So, uh, so yeah, so they'll be exciting. We hopefully will have some live streaming of that, and uh, we'll talk about them pretty extensively come the time. So, just checking if we've got any more COVID horror stories uh, from. Well, Budapest was the one where there was lots of cases, and uh, they seem to have tightened up considerably their COVID protocols mm-hmm. for the Epi and Kazan and 
And here, apart from a bit of shouting, um, oh, got any any updates? No, I, I don't have updates, but I did notice that who was it? Somebody got told off for for shouting. I think it was a dearie. He went, yes, yeah. and then the referee street over, went, went finger waggle in the face, no shouting, which is just weird. All oh, right. <laughs> Was it was that middle of the fight? I think it might. Have been, I think it was a theory. I'm not, I can't quite remember. It's all a blur now. Uh, could be. Actually, I, I did forget to mention that, but I'm fairly sure that at the end of his fight uh, against Shikini, where he lost 15-14, that he did let out an extremely loud French swear word. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Good on him. I mean, bad, bad COVID. Okay, it's, our, it's our French expert. I'll maybe get, let you, get you to go back and check that. You, okay. can, you can confirm or, confirm or deny next I'm time round. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, my, my, my French swearing's not as fluent as it once was, but I'm pretty sure that sounded familiar. And it's, <laughs> it, was, it wasn't a good one. But yeah, I've not heard any more... Uh, COVID updates following uh, the sort of Budapest outbreak and I've not really heard any reports following Kazan. So it does seem like uh, the FIE have tightened up their protocols for for things after Budapest. So I'm, I'm relieved to hear that because uh, Budapest was kind of a bad scene and it's going to make uh, places that might think about hosting World Cups in what's left of the season more reluctant to do exactly. if we can't if we can't run these things well. So that's that's good to hear. And uh, the other bit of news following, following the weekend was uh, Richard Cruz has uh, announced his retirement after a, an incredibly long and distinguished career. Uh, his plan was to, to call it a day after Tokyo and that hasn't hasn't quite panned out for him. But uh, yeah, he's, I mean, he's won five World Cups, four Grand Prix, first British fencer to win a medal at a World Championships for... A million years with the, his silver medal in 2018, fourth at, at the Olympics in Rio, and, and he's been to four Olympic Games. It's been a really an inspirational career for for British fencers. Really, he's kind of reset what we can what we can aspire to. Yeah. I, I, I think. I think so. I think that's fair. And is is, yeah. is, plan, is he not planning to stay in the sport, do a bit of coaching or something? Um, I don't know, but I really hope yeah. so. Yeah, it would be a, a huge. Uh, a huge shame if uh, he just calls that day and uh, his talents and experience were were to be lost to, to British fencing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I really hope he's uh, he sticks around in, in some capacity. Plus, he's a really nice guy as well. He's, he's always uh, fascinating to talk to. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it would be good to, good to see him around. Now, what else we got? Oh, yeah, things to look forward to. Um, World Cadet and Junior Championships from, from Cairo starting... Well, we're recording on on the Wednesday, uh, so starting at the weekend mm-hmm. on the third of April, yep, I think. Third of April. Nine days uh, worth of of action uh, from from Egypt. No streaming. Uh, no, there appears to be. No. Uh, I was having an, <laughs> having a look uh, on the FIE website today, and there does seem to be um, signs that there will be live streaming. So oh, to keep, uh, I, I wasn't sure. I had to look out and I couldn't find it. Because okay, there's fine. been quite a few where they haven't had any in Cairo, hasn't there? Um, it's a bit mixed. I mean, there have been times where they've only shown the final. So the, there used to be a, I can't remember, I think it was probably a a Grand Prix in Cairo, a foil Grand Prix, yep. which they, they would they would do the finals uh, basically in front of the pyramids. Oh wow! An incredibly incredibly beautiful setting, mm-hmm. atmospheric, and um, uh, yeah, I mean just not not your usual 
anonymous sports hall. Uh, as far as I'm aware, they're not going to be doing they're not going to be doing that for all the finals at the Cadet and Junior World Championships. But, a miss opportunity, uh, anyway. <laughs> but but yeah, it'll be be really interesting to see what it looks like. There's a few teams not going that we know about. So, uh, well, no British team, yep. no team from Italy, uh, no Hungarians, no Germans, um, no cadet team from France, but they are sending a junior team. And uh, there may may well be others that I'm I'm unaware of. So it'll be be interesting to see what what they look like. And mm. I'm, I'm I think we'll we'll plan to do a an episode once all over. It won't be a a comprehensive blow by blow account of every single event, all the all the semis, all the finals, who's been knocked out. Um, but I'm sure we're going to be watching a a decent amount of the sure. action, and we can can get together about and talk about the things that we found. That we found interesting. So um, yeah, if you're tuning in for the next episode to to hear if your uh, your, <laughs> your son or daughter has got a mention, uh, don't hold your breath. We're not <laughs> we're not promising a you know fight by fight by fight coverage uh, with an episode last. Unless it's something really exciting. Three days. Shout, yeah. shout out to Fencer X because that was just something else. Or any fencing yes, gossip exactly. from it. And and gossip. Well, it's a good junior was. Yeah, it's Cadet and Junior Worlds, and even with uh, COVID protocols, you know, you can rely on some gossip, whether we'll hear it or not. That's uh, it's more of a moot point. Um, so, yeah, because I think that wraps it up. What's a lovely foil? Uh, oh, and Gerrit Meinhardt, I was going to say, yeah, you said he hadn't... hadn't yeah, give me, give me hadn't your stats. For... Come on. Where's the spreadsheets? Well, Give us the spreadsheets. Pre- previously, I've been slightly critical of, of Gerrit Meinhardt for not winning often enough. Okay, so just over a year ago, I think he'd won one sort of world level senior event. He'd won, uh, I think it was a a Grand Prix in Japan in 2014, and he'd won nothing since then. Lots of medals, finals, amazing fencer, brilliant to watch, part of an incredibly strong USA team, but not winning often enough. And then he won in Turin. In February last year, yep. So then we had one one more World Cup, which he didn't win, which uh, Carlos Yavador won. Mm-hmm. And then we had the COVID break, and then we come back, and he's won again. So he's he's picked his time to to get into the winning habit in the run up to the Olympics. It's the time so to now, do it. now. I mean, he's now he's winning all the time. I mean, it's like Derek Lozova. He's just you know, mine heart, mine heart, mine heart. <laughs> sick of sick of watching him. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, well, we'll hold you to that one. If if we're in a year's time, we're still doing this, and uh, mine hearts won everything's between now and then, and you're going, oh, for God's sake, yet another, that's another medal <laughs> to add to mine hearts massive vault of uh, gold medals. So <laughs> sick of speaking about this guy. I wish he would just go yeah. away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Poor Garrick. Well, that's well, actually, I, I wouldn't mind at all because I love watching and fencing, and and as I say, it's like uh, uh, sort of brilliant fencing concentrate. So. Yeah, I would be happy to see more more Garrett My Heart wins, and uh, it was a I think a, a good one at the weekend. A, a, put, a putty uh, Mine Heart final would be quite interesting. We would have to, under a minute, under, under yeah, a minute under easily. We'd be sitting, we'd be sitting <laughs> with a stopwatch or something like. like yeah, my eyes it's like not on guard ready. Open discus yeah. and miss something. You know? It's not on guard ready fences. Ready, steady, go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I think that's our lot for this week. Uh, we'll be back again talking about the Cadet and Junior Worlds. Gav, tell us all about the social media, though, so uh, people can uh, get our, our words of wisdom even when they can't actually hear us. Yeah, I think I think our social media is still warming up a little bit because we've been a little bit lax on the old Twitter desk, which is uh, uh, at Fencing Podcast. That's 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 where I sit usually. 
We're also on Facebook. We're just the Fancy Podcast. Sir. We've got a website, fancypodcast.com. We're not on TikTok yet because we don't dance. Uh, you can also email us at thefencingpodcast at gmail.com. Great. So there you have it. Lots of us all over the place. Mm-hmm. So oh, I we, don't, we don't do Snapchat because we're not nine years old. <laughs> Snapchat? Uh, we do Instagram though. No? We, we do Instagram we do, and often yeah. enough we should do something about that. <laughs> we, we are on Instagram. Uh, <laughs> oh, Gav, well, Gav, all I see is you are the phot- photographer in our group. <laughs> so I have a million you know, photos of fencing. I mean, you can find all sorts of stuff if you want. Well, there you go then. Yeah, yeah. Just, just you know, your spares. Okay. <laughs> Not the good ones. Just, you know, stuff, your extras. Yeah. You have my, have my Polaroids. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Just not post the pants. ones where your, your finger's in shot. It's blurry. Out yeah. of focus. Yeah. I've got some good ones of that. Good ones of my feet as well. <laughs> well, well, there's a there's a treat in store for all our yeah. Instagram followers. So, yeah. so go and subscribe to our Instagram channel for for pictures of Gaz's finger and feet. Yep. Yeah. What more could you want? <laughs> right. Enough of this nonsense. I'm sick of you. See you in uh, in a bit. Bye. Mm-hmm.